A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Welcome to Season 6, Episode 12 of They Walk Among Us a podcast dedicated to UK true crime. This episode contains distressing themes, offensive language and descriptions of violence. This podcast is intended for a mature audience. Listener caution is advised. They Walk Among Us is part of the Acast Creator Network. Anthony Morley was the centre of attention at the Flamingo nightclub in Blackpool. He had just claimed the coveted title of Mr Gay UK. The competition had been active for over a decade in various guises. It started out as Mr Hardware, then part of a skilled promotional campaign for a mail-order catalogue aimed at gay men before switching its name to the immediately self-explanatory Mr. Gay UK. The popularity surrounding the high-energy male beauty competition snowballed. By the time Anthony Morley won in 1993, the entire event was recorded for home video release. As a contestant, Morley blended in with the other participants almost all of whom were in their early 20s, 
fresh-faced and hoping to be noticed. It was not a million miles away from the female beauty competitions like Miss World. 21 hopeful men were up for the title. Morley told the host he was representing Doncaster, in spite of the fact he was from Leeds. He was a member of the Territorial Army. He wore a dark felt hat, but the rest of Morley's uniform was not standard issue. He was clothed in a black racerback vest and leather trousers. The compare told the crowd that Anthony Morley was 20 years old and was 5 feet 10. The contestant confidently walked to the end of the catwalk and grabbed his crotch gesturing to the jeering crowd. Details about him continued over the mic while he made a second trip down the small runway. He's 11 stone and he is a costume maker. Morley does a backflip, and just over the cheers, the tiny mic crackles. His hobbies include dancing and bodybuilding. He leaves the stage as the next contestant comes out. All entrants go through a similar routine in the first round, then it is on to the second. Anthony Morley is first up. It's the evening wear category. He's wearing a faux tuxedo, just the collar, cuffs and a pair of shorts. Morley does a spin on the runway, but he momentarily loses his confidence when he collides with a long pole that's holding up some of the evening's decor. He recovers quickly, does a backflip, then a spin. The next shot of Anthony Morley is backstage. He is drinking a beer with the other contestants. Everyone is in high spirits. Morley is closest to the camera when the winner is announced. He looks genuinely surprised as contestant number one is called out. Morley leaves with not only the Mr. Gay UK title for a year but also £1,000, a luxury two-week holiday in Gran Canaria, and £150 in vouchers. He runs onto the stage for the third time to collect the large trophy and performs his third and final backflip of the evening. The following day, he is woken up in bed with champagne and orange juice. His trophy is in the room, and a medal, similar in style to one awarded at the Olympics, swings from a light at the side of the bed. Morley is interviewed about what he will do next. He says that he hopes to get some more modelling work, and winning the title is good exposure. He comes across as far more subdued and shy than he did the night before. Perhaps Anthony Morley was feeling sheepish that morning, not because of the heavy night before, but maybe because unbeknownst to the organisers, he was not alone in his bedroom after winning the title. 
According to his companion for the night, he was joined by Wendy Stewart, his girlfriend. A detail that would probably have seen Morley's title removed. That year, Anthony Morley was invited to Pride, an event that celebrates the accomplishments and recognition of the LGBTQ community. Morley mingled with pop stars of the day, such as Sonia, but he did not make a big splash as he expected. The prestige and invitations to celebrity-led events only lasted a year, before a new winner of Mr. Gay UK was chosen. By 1994, the hype around Anthony Morley's title had worn off, when it was given to David Jackson from Manchester. The competition did not create a springboard to fame and fortune as Morley had initially hoped. He had left Leeds temporarily to pursue fame in London, but it was not long before he moved back home. For the most part, Morley returned to everyday life after his winning year was up. The next time Anthony Morley is seen on television screens across the UK is three years later. He is a contestant on a late-night game show called God's Gift hosted by Davina McCall. The weekly show featured five male contestants who participated in several different games that would highlight their, quote, sex appeal. The female or occasionally male audience members voted for a winner. The victor was then rewarded with the option to pick someone from the audience who they would take out on a date. This romantic rendezvous was filmed and shown on the following week's broadcast. Anthony Morley appeared on a gay special at the end of the show. He was crowned God's gift and was then allowed to ask out a member of the audience. The God's Gift television programme only lasted for two years. The second series employed disgraced celebrity Jimmy Savile as a commentator. The revelations about his long history of sexual abuse had not been revealed to the public at the time. Aired during the late night slot, God's gift did not attract enough viewers, but years later it gained a small cult following. Anthony Morley decided to follow a different path when his modelling career did not bring in enough to pay the bills. He put away his childhood ambition of being a dancer. Instead, he trained to be a sous chef, and by all accounts, he was a talented one. His love life, however, was not a success. He later said he was uncertain about his sexuality. He dated both men and women. This was something that caused him a great deal of anguish. In early 1996, 
during the recording of the God's Gift episode featuring Anthony Morley. Damien Oldfield, who was a few years younger than Morley, was at the front of the audience. A still from that episode has been widely shared in the press. It was the first time Anthony Morley lay eyes on his future victim. Later that year in October, as coincidence would have it, it was Damien Oldfield's turn to take the limelight on God's gift. Damien runs into the studio to be greeted by the host, Davina McCall. Over the speakers, we hear her say that Damien is 21. His occupation is listed as running a big telephone company in Leeds. He is asked when his birthday is. He tells Davina September 23rd. They realise they are both Libras. Damien comes across as confident and friendly. Months earlier, Anthony Morley was crowned a winner on God's gift. Now it was Damien's turn. Later in their lives, the two would cross paths again, with devastating consequences. Now in his thirties, Damien Oldfield had done well and earned a career in sales. He sold advertising slots in the lifestyle magazine Bent. His family and friends loved his naturally outgoing, bubbly personality. By the latter end of the 2000s, Anthony Morley and Damien Oldfield had been aware of each other's existence, but only as acquaintances. In early 2008, they struck up a conversation in a bar in Leeds. They were interested in each other. According to Morley, they went back to Damien's house that night, and Morley stayed over. He decided to sleep on the couch while Damien slept in his bed. Morley said he wanted to take things slowly. On April 23rd, after a number of text messages, some flirtatious, others just mentioning general conversation, they decided to meet up. In one text message, Anthony Morley told his new love interest, Never been really properly gay. Tried being bi, tried being straight, but never been 100% happy. Maybe one day I will find happiness. Damien responded, Try me. I'm not your average puff. On the day they decided to meet, Anthony Morley was drinking with a friend early in the afternoon. He then met Damien at the agreed time of 5pm. Damien had his first drink of the night and the pair continued drinking alcohol before they went back to Anthony Morley's home on Bexley Place. Morley would later estimate by this point he had consumed up to seven pints. As he was a frequent drinker, Morley did not appear to be drunk when seen by witnesses. After the pair returned to his home, 
Morley managed to prepare a meal of fish and crustacea, his signature dish when cooking. While they ate, they consumed two bottles of red wine, and Morley also drank cans of beer while they watched the film Brokeback Mountain in his bedroom. Morley would claim he made it absolutely clear to Damien Oldfield that there would be no sex that night, and they just stuck to kissing and cuddling in front of a film. Based on his description of the events, Morley took off his clothes besides his underwear, and he said they both went to sleep in his bed. Shortly before midnight, Anthony Morley's best friend Michael Graham called, inviting him out for a drink. It was clear Morley had been drinking. He told his friend he was in bed with someone. Had events ended differently, and Morley decided to go out, Damien Oldfield would still be alive but the ending to what appeared to be a drunken, albeit pleasant and uneventful night would turn out to be anything but. Again, there is only Morley's recollection of the events, although some of what he claimed would later be disputed in court through forensic analysis and the condition of the crime scene. Anthony Morley would attest that he was woken from his alcohol-induced slumber by Damien Oldfield, who was attempting to perform oral sex on him. This was despite Morley making it clear on numerous occasions that he wanted to pace the relationship, not to mention the fact that he was passed out. Due to the discussions about not rushing into a sexual relationship, Morley said he felt betrayed. After the incident, he supposedly had to leave the bedroom to get some space, so he went downstairs to calm down. After a few minutes in the kitchen, Anthony Morley said he walked upstairs to the bedroom, but could not recall what happened next. There was no way Damien Oldfield could have guessed what the man he spent a pleasant night with was going to do. Morley said he only came to when he injured himself. A blade he was holding sliced his finger. According to Morley, he was stabbing Damien Oldfield, repeatedly plunging the knife into his victim, and he caught his own finger in the ferocious attack. At that moment, he realised what he was doing. But Morley did not stop. He kept going. Anthony Morley was alone with Damien Oldfield's lifeless body. He chose not to summon help. Instead, he did something only Morley can explain. With the knife still in his hand... Morley sliced six pieces from Damien's body. He took the pieces of flesh downstairs to his kitchen and fried them in olive oil after flavouring them with herbs, spices and seeds. 
Morley cooked them just as he had been taught to cook steak. Pink in the middle, browned on the outside. There is a record of at least one incident where Anthony Morley used a weapon to threaten a former partner and only moments later intimidated the ambulance crew that arrived to provide medical treatment. Morley had been in a relationship with Sean Wood for several years when he tried to attack Wood at home with a meat cleaver. Luckily for Wood... Morley slipped just as he was about to strike his potential victim on the head. Morley had been drinking heavily, which caused him to lose his balance when he swung. An ambulance was called, but in the meantime, Anthony Morley went up to his bedroom and began smashing anything and everything he laid his eyes on. The bedroom door was already broken, Morley had taken an axe to it in a rage weeks earlier. When paramedics tried to attend to Morley and his partner, he threatened them with an air rifle. It left the ambulance crew with no other choice than to call the police for assistance. Sean Wood was fortunate enough to escape with his life. Not surprisingly, the relationship ended after the incident and Anthony Morley then went on to find a new female partner who he dated for three years. Morley felt conflicted about who he was and who he was intimate with. He later said that he wanted to be, quote, normal. Anthony Morley was surrounded by an awful scene of his own making. Damien Oldfield was dead. Morley killed him and there was blood everywhere. The kitchen had been used for cooking pieces of the victim, but all the spices in the world could not make human flesh edible and a mouthful had been spat out into a bin. A Lloyd's TSB bank card was placed on one of Damien's multiple chest wounds. Anthony Morley clothed himself in a white dressing gown over his underwear and put on some flip-flops. He was covered in blood when he left his house on Bexley Place in Leeds. He stumbled into a local takeaway and told shock staff to call the police. When the officers arrive and find the obscure sight of a bloody man in a kebab house waiting to confess to a murder, they are told by Morley that a man called Damien Oldfield had raped him. And so he killed his attacker in retaliation. Once he had been processed at the police station, Anthony Morley offered his version of the events. He claimed he made it clear that night he wanted the relationship to progress really slowly. He then told officers he blacked out, unaware of what he was doing until he injured himself. When asked how he did it, Morley said to detectives, I'm a chef. How do you think I stopped him? 
Morley then mentioned how hard the ribcage was to get through, especially from the back. It's harder than you think, he said. Morley explained that he was triggered when Damien Oldfield allegedly performed non-consensual oral sex on him as he was sleeping. Morley recalled to detectives that he had been raped by a former boss when he was 17. Speaking about Damien Oldfield's death, he said, I know what I have done is wrong. He tried to rape me. At least he won't be able to do it again. Anthony Morley was tested for alcohol intoxication. He was found to be three and a half times over the legal drink drive limit. When the scene was processed, the chewed piece of flesh discovered in the bin was tested for DNA. It was found to have Anthony Morley's saliva on it. It was impossible to claim he did not end Damien Oldfield's life, mutilate his body and cook an attempt to cannibalise some of the flesh. Morley's defence counsel did not argue the killer's actions, but tried to offer a reason for why Morley did what he did. The barrister claimed Morley was not of sound mind at the time. The circumstances of Damien Oldfield's death in such a horrific and untimely manner had a profound effect on his loved ones, particularly his mother Denise. She left a poignant message on a tribute website gone too soon. The website is no longer active, but the text read, You didn't deserve this. I never thought I could feel pain like I do now. My heart has been ripped out, and not only have I lost a precious son, but a soulmate and companion. You will never know how much you will be missed, and how far the devastation reaches. October 2008 a two-week trial began at Leeds Crown Court. Anthony Morley pleaded not guilty to a charge of murder, but admitted manslaughter on the grounds of provocation and by reason of diminished responsibility. Robert Smith defending would discuss what he saw as Morley's abnormality of mind. Prosecutor Andrew Stubbs QC warned the jury about the gruesome nature of the case, saying it would be unpleasant and disturbing. In carrying out your task in this trial, you must not allow the horror of what took place to cloud your calm assessment of the evidence, he said. Stubbs described Morley's actions to the court. It was a killing born out of hatred for what he felt and what had happened to him, hatred for his own sexuality, and now for the homosexual who was in his bed. He continued to stab and stab and stab him until he died. Even when he was dead, the attack continued until finally, 
Mr. Morley cut parts of flesh from the body. From a chopping board on one of the kitchen units, six pieces of cooked flesh, which had been seasoned with fresh herbs and fried in olive oil, were recovered. The flesh was human in origin. A further piece of cooked flesh, which appeared to have been chewed, was recovered from a bin bag in the kitchen. As part of his defence, Anthony Morley said he was raped by a former employer when he was a teenager. The attack was said to have forever changed the course of Morley's life. Speaking about the incident, defence counsel Robert Smith told jurors that event had had a profound effect on him and on his own view of his sexuality. While Morley claimed he was sexually attacked, his employer was called to testify. The witness admitted that he was intimate with Anthony Morley many years before. Still, he insisted that when they began their relationship, Morley was 18 years old. Morley's former employer denied rape and said the contact between the two had always been consensual. Sean Wood, Anthony Morley's former partner who had been threatened with a meat cleaver, was called to offer evidence about the attack and how he nearly lost his life. Wood told the court that the incident happened after an argument about money. Quite. He went to the kitchen and came back and sat down on the settee, and five minutes later he leapt up and went for me with a meat cleaver. But fortunately he fell backwards so it didn't get me, otherwise it would have done. I was obviously very scared, but immediately afterwards he went upstairs to his bedroom and started smashing the bedroom up, shouting, I'm psychotic, I'm mad, get me a doctor. Sean Wood explained that this was the most extreme incident during his relationship with Morley. In the past, Morley would become argumentative after he had consumed alcohol, but according to Wood, Morley was caring when he was sober. Foreshadowing the events A month before Damien Oldfield's death, a friend of his, Stephen Robinson, experienced a strange interaction with Morley while they were at a bar in Leeds. Robinson told the court that Morley wandered up to the two of them, and during a conversation he supposedly said, I could kill with these hands. Anthony Morley would take the stand in his own defence and would provide an account of that fateful evening. Describing the allegation that Damien Oldfield sexually assaulted him, Morley said, I remember feeling that he was on top of me doing what he was doing. I felt numb and out of control. I felt uncomfortable and betrayed. We had talked about the whole situation. I was not comfortable with having a sexual relationship when we only just got to know each other. The feeling of betrayal, 
I don't know why I went on to kill him at that point. I really don't. I can only say at some point Damien's body had just become something I would deal with at work. A piece of meat. That's the only thing I can think of. That was my daily task, preparing meat. I've tried to remember constantly. I wish I could. Morley explained that he was awoken from this temporary blackout when he cut himself on the knife he was using in the attack. If you thought the only way to get a more defined jawline with natural-looking results was through surgery, think again. Juvederm Volux XC is a non-surgical injectable gel filler that improves moderate to severe loss of jawline definition and can help you achieve natural-looking results with little downtime. Even better, this improved definition lasts up to one year with optimal treatment. No maintenance required. Improve jawline definition for a smooth, sculpted look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am, but Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical new user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply, if rated PG. Forensic evidence discovered on Anthony Morley's body was consistent with some form of sexual activity taking place. Damien Oldfield's DNA was found on Anthony Morley's penis. However, evidence at the scene proved that the attack itself did not occur instantly, which could be at odds with the argument of provocation. Damien was set upon when he was wrapped in a duvet. There were no signs of a struggle, and empty beer cans remained on the bedside table, undisturbed. 
Damien Oldfield had been stabbed 19 times from behind, possibly after he collapsed on the floor, or he could have been lying on the bed asleep. His throat had been cut, and he had a dozen wounds to his chest and arms. Anthony Morley's defence counsel was also claiming his client's responsibility for the crime was diminished. A report from a forensic psychiatrist was to form the basis of this argument. Professor Nigel Eastman concluded that the defendant was clearly disturbed in his psychological functioning and conflicted about his sexuality. Eastman felt that Morley could have been having flashbacks to the alleged assault during his teenage years, which put him into a dissociative state. However, evidence from expert witness Dr. Patrick Quinn highlighted Morley had made no mention of the sexual attack flashbacks during their conversations. It was suggested there was neither evidence Morley had suffered from an episode of mental illness nor was there any sign of a personality disorder. Court documents also state there was no indication that Anthony Morley had inherent cannibalistic interests. After closing arguments, the jury of eight women and four men took two hours and twenty minutes to reach a verdict. Contrary to Morley's claims, the defence of provocation was rejected due to the evidence that Damien Oldfield was either asleep or his back was turned when he was attacked. The defence's claim that Morley's level of responsibility was diminished due to a dissociative state was also dismissed. The jury found Anthony Morley guilty of the murder of Damien Oldfield. Judge James Stewart did not accept Anthony Morley's account of the night's events. He noted that it was Anthony Morley who sent a text message to Damien Oldfield inviting him over for dinner. Morley purchased the excessive amount of alcohol they both consumed. He also cooked a meal, and the two supposedly kissed and cuddled downstairs and then went upstairs to bed, before Morley stripped down to just his underwear. The judge felt that Damien Oldfield did not betray Morley as he claimed, and anything they did they both consented to. Condemning the murderer for what he described as depths rarely encountered in the court system, Judge James Stewart said, Before this case, I had associated cannibalism with eras long gone with the tale of Robinson Crusoe. No longer. On October 20th, 2008, Anthony Morley was sentenced. The judge accepted that when Morley was not intoxicated, he was almost a different person who exhibited many good qualities, including being caring and a hard worker. 
the judge concluded that in spite of any redeeming qualities the killer might have had, when Morley drank alcohol, he became highly dangerous. Anthony Morley's actions were labelled cold-blooded and savagely executed. The differences between the killer and victim were highlighted. There was no record that Damien Oldfield was ever a violent man, nor did he have any conflicts in his life. The judge said Damien was proud of who he was. Speaking directly to Anthony Morley during sentencing, Judge James Stewart described Damien Oldfield and how his life had been cut short. He enjoyed his life to the full, having a loving family and many, many friends, of which you wanted to be one, the judge said. Now at the age of 33, his life has been taken away. Judge James Stewart went on to imagine Damien's side of that night's events, condemning Morley for his lack of remorse and disputing any claim by Morley that a sexual attack took place. He would have said to this court that this was not a case of betrayal, that everything he did you consented to if not expressly implied. You made the running as much as he did. All of this you maintain because of your conflicted thoughts about your sexuality and his taking things too quickly, the judge added. I have not heard the word sorry in the last two weeks. Due to the seriousness of the crime and the desecration of the victim's body, the judge believed Anthony Morley's punishment merited a considerable term. Morley held his hands together and bowed his head as the sentence was read aloud. The cheer was let out from the public gallery and someone bellowed, Murderer. Morley was facing life with a minimum term of 30 years, minus the period he spent on remand, which would count towards his sentence. As the court emptied, some members of the jury who wanted to see Morley face his punishment were in tears, visibly shaken by the experience. A member of the West Yorkshire Homicide and Major Inquiry team who worked the case expressed their shock and dismay at such an unusual and brutal murder. Detective Inspector Scott Wood told the press, Thankfully, disturbing crimes of this type remain incredibly rare events. None of the investigation team has been involved in a crime of this nature before. After the verdict... Damien Oldfield's mother Denise had offered a statement about her son and the significant loss to his family. We shared a special bond, which I can still feel, but now I'm only left with memories 
and that's not good enough. Damien loved life, and he has had that taken away from him in the cruelest of circumstances. He was so easygoing and friendly that to know Damien for five minutes was to know Damien as a friend. Damien always made a big impression on those that knew him, and I have been very touched by all the messages that have been left on the Gone Too Soon and Facebook websites. Damien will be sadly missed by all those that knew him and loved him, his mother added. Gran, older brother Craig and sister-in-law Tracy, as well as all his nieces and nephews, will miss his smile and his company. Anthony Morley logged an appeal against the minimum amount of time he was to serve. This argument was brought before the then Lord Chief Justice of England and Wales Lord Judge, Mr Justice Collins and Mr Justice Owen. On Morley's behalf, Paul Greeny QC contended it was wrong for the starting point of the sentence to be 30 years as Morley's actions did not fall specifically within the category of particularly high seriousness under the sentencing guidelines used by the court system. In his ruling, the trial judge was of the belief that the nature of the crime was aggravated by Morley's troubled feelings about his sexuality and Damien Oldfield being comfortable with who he was. According to court documents, it was believed Morley was punishing his victim because of Damien Oldfield's confidence around his own sexual orientation. There was also Morley's conduct after the killing when he mutilated the body and attempted to eat some of the victim's flesh. Paul Greeny QC argued that the starting point should have been a minimum of 15 years and increased from that point on cannibalism and the events surrounding the perceived sexual elements to the crime were not directly referenced in the sentencing guidelines. The three High Court judges reviewed the appeal, but felt comprehensive legislation relating to sentences could not cover all of the different facets of human criminal behaviour, which sentencing judges would have to face and take into account. The judges ruled that while they agreed in part with Paul Greeny QC's case, they felt that due to Anthony Morley's actions, a starting point of 30 years was appropriate. The judges, however, would not have used the same methodology as the trial judge. A decision read, Although we accept part of the criticism of the way in which the judge approached his sentencing decision, we have reached the same conclusion, albeit by a different route. In those circumstances, the appeal will be dismissed. So where are we now? It was reported that before Anthony Morley was sentenced, he had taken on the job of a prison chef while he was on remand. 
In an interview with a reporter for the Mirror newspaper, Morley's old friend Michael Graham voiced his thoughts about what the other prisoners would think when someone who would try to eat human flesh was cooking their meals. Graham, who was the one that called Morley shortly before he killed Damien Oldfield, said, I reckon some of the other inmates might get a bit worried if they knew who was serving up their food, but I'd eat it. Whatever he's done, Tony can cook. He's a brilliant chef. They obviously knew about his talent with food, so they offered him the chance to work in the canteen. Michael Graham went on to detail Anthony Morley's frustrations around the limited kitchen utensils on offer in prison. It appeared Morley did not comprehend the gravity of his actions. Graham remarked, He was really angry that they weren't letting him use any knives. He asked me, How the hell am I supposed to do this without knives? Thank you for listening, and a special thanks to our Patreon supporters. For more information on this episode, please see the show notes or visit our website, theywalkamonguspodcast.com. softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.